Lord, I come before you now as I bring your word. Lord, it's your word that has power. Lord, it's your word that is truth. It's your word that sets captives free, Lord. And every word I speak, Lord, every word that proceeds from my mouth, Father, I ask it would be under the anointing of your spirit, Lord. It would be by your power, Lord. And every word would be, Lord, full of words of spirit and life, Lord, that the words I impart would be from you, Lord that they would touch and they would divide, Lord, they would get into the deepest places of our very being. And Lord, we would be changed by the power of your word, Lord. That is your promise, Lord, that we become like you as we behold you. So Lord, I ask for a, a transforming work by the power of your word in each of our lives here. Lord, transform us and change us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Right, I'm going to read from verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. And this is Paul speaking to Timothy. And this book, 1 Timothy, is about how Timothy is to conduct the, the local affairs of the church. So throughout this book, it's, there's bits related to different issues in the church and it's instruction for Timothy but it's also encouragement for him and and here in verse 1 he says it begins with something related to apostasy which I want to speak about today which is turning away from the revealed truth of God's word. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. There's uh, mainly majority of the time when people leave churches, it's, it's one of two reasons, for the most part. I think one of them is offence. Um, and the second one is issues um, over doctrine, doctrinal issues. So, people may not certainly, may not agree with certain things that is preached here, and, and so there's a difference of opinion and, and they leave. Um, and it's not to say that we're always right, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that that's the main two reasons um, that people leave. And so what Paul's speaking to Timothy here is about the end times. And these are the words of the Holy Spirit of God because he says, the Spirit expressly says. So this is the Holy Spirit speaking through the writings of Paul. And so this is something really serious for us to heed, not that everything else is not, but particularly in this because he says, the Holy Spirit, that there's a time and the latter, to latter times in which we're in now, it says, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So, clearly, 
there's going to be many that depart from the faith. Um, and you can't cut it any other way but to say if, you, if you've never... You can't depart from the faith if you've never been in the faith. So I can't depart from McDonald's if I've never been in McDonald's. So it's quite possible, as the Spirit says, that people, Christians, will depart from the faith. And the reason is they give heed or they pay attention or they listen to what it says here, deceiving spirits. The King James says seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. It says speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. That refers to the demons. That's clear in the Greek. The speaking lies in hypocrisy and having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. That refers to the demons, not for the people. But this is really sobering for us and it's really important that we really heed what is spoken here because none of us are above deception. If you're, if you're standing here or sitting here rather online and you believe I can never be deceived, you're a prime candidate to be deceived. So, when none, not one of us is above being deceived. It even says that in another part of the Scriptures, it says even the elect could be deceived. So, there's, there's, no, there's no getting away with it. But I want to bring a word to guard against this. Um, because many people today... And years gone by, many, many people have been led astray into, into error and they've been deceived. And in Matthew 24, the disciples, at the end of Matthew 20, at the end of Matthew, which is verse 20, chapter 24, the, the disciples come to Jesus and they say to him, in verse 1, uh, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? That was the first question. And what will be the sign of your coming? That's the second question. And of the end of the age? That's the third question. And this is Jesus' response. He said, take heed that no one deceives you. That was his response to them in light of those three questions. Because the greatest danger for, for those disciples, the greatest danger for you and I at the end of the age is deception. And there's, like I said, there's been many that have fallen away into false teaching, fallen into error in all in a myriad of different ways. In Matthew 24, it also goes on to say that there's such things as false, false prophets and false Christs. And then I know in Israel, there's been many false Christs that have led people astray and they've failed in what they've wanted to do and accomplish and people have just left. So, that, that's not a theory. This is here and now that Deceiving spirits, doctrine of demons, false Christs, false prophets will deceive many. And so it's important for us to heed these things because these spirits come in through things we listen to that are not, not straight with the Word of God. Maybe it's even an individual that we're least listening to. It's maybe st stuff we're dabbling in, maybe on the internet, looking for things related to... Um, you know, 
energy and, and sort of stuff of the hyper-supernatural, you can just get into so much trouble because that's where these things live. These, these seducing spirits, these deceiving spirits live and they can take you captive because there's three voices as a Christian you're going to hear. You're going to hear your voice that you've got to discern between. You're going to hear the voice of the enemy, which you've got to discern, and there's God's voice. But you want to make sure that you're hearing God's voice, that you're not actually hearing the voice of the enemy when the enemy tells you to go and live a certain way or abstain from certain things or do certain things that are contrary to the Word of God. You want to make sure that that's not God. Actually, that's the enemy speaking, that you're not coming under any deception because there's many, even today, there's many false religions out there. Look at Mormonism, Seven-day Adventism, Jehovah's Witness, there's Scientology, there's, all, there's a myriad of false religion or, or cults that have the name of Jesus in there, but they're contrary to the Word of God. They have some of the truth, but they have some error mingled in there. So it, sometimes it sounds good, and if you're not discerning enough, you'll pick up that there's error in the doctrine, that it's not straight up and down, that, it's, that the truth is, is slanted in some of their teachings. And that's around today. You've got the Jesus only movement where there's no, Jesus is God, Jesus is the Holy Spirit and there's no Holy Spirit. It's just Jesus is everything, Jesus only. That, that doctrine's false. And there's other, these, these, these false doctrines, they, they really, what they try to do is they deceive you into becoming righteous or they they deceive you into making you feel like you've got to do certain things or behave in certain ways so that you become righteous, you become right before God, or they'll make you super righteous, where you, you, you're going to be more, more, more superior, more holy than the average Joe. And those doctrines, they're out there as well, they simply, they only appeal to pride that you can be superior than the, the next person next to you. You can have higher knowledge, you can, have a, you can be in a higher realm of spirituality that is not scriptural. See, everyone thinks that, um, you know, Satan is a legalist. Satan, he loves religion. And if he can get you into just religion and get you away from the love and the grace of God, he's got you. And you, it's so easily to be ensnared. It's so easily to be entangled. There was a couple of people that... Paul refers to in this related to these people falling and it's in 2 Timothy it's in chapter 2 verse 16 to 18 he says but shun profane and idle babblings for they will increase to more ungodliness and their message will spread like cancer uh, Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth saying that the resurrection is already past and they overthrow the faith of some. So even in Paul's day, in Timothy's day, there's two men there that have fallen, they've strayed concerning the truth and the truth, Jesus is the truth, the Holy Spirit is truth and the, the Word of God is truth and the truth is always the thing that opposes deception, it's like, it's the one thing that exposes deception, that's why we need to know the Word of God, we need to have the Word of God 
in us so that we know what the truth is. And deception really means going astray, going astray, straying from from the truth, the the truth that that is known, or even being ignorant of what the truth is and going astray and moving away from that. In, in Job 12, verse 11, he says, Does not the ear test words and the mouth taste its food? So the ear needs to do, when you hear something, whether that's from a somebody, whether that's from something online, whether that's something from you read, that's not the Word of God. Maybe it's written by man, could even be a pastor. You need to test, as Job said, does not the ear test words as the mouth tastes its food? The ear needs to do the same as the mouth does. When the mouth eats something that is distasteful or it's off, it's bitter or unpleasant, it spits it out. Your ears need to be sensitive. You need discernment to know what is truth, what is error, what is false. And your ears need to reject that thing that is negative or destructive to your faith because remember there's three voices and many a times people will come and they're hearing a voice saying I need to do this I need to do that but it's not God's voice it's a spirit seducing spirit other other times it's doctrine of demons it's it's there's preaching from the pulpit from pastors and it's not sound you can't every word up here needs to still be weighed at Elam you can't just walk out the doors. Every word, wherever you go, it doesn't matter what church you go to, you need a way and you need a test. What we're saying is true. We don't know it all. We don't have it all. Some of these things, like I said, deception enters in a number of ways. The first one is ignorance. Just not knowing the Word of God. Just, just not simply knowing what it says. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So, we don't want to be a people who are destroyed or we don't want to be a people who are deceived because we don't know the Word of God, that we don't have it in us. But, see, John 16.13 However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for he, will not, for he will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. So we have the Holy Spirit in us, and so the Holy Spirit, in a measure, will guard against false, that things, those things that are false, those things that are in error. We have the Holy Spirit that gives us an inner witness, and as we grow more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, His promptings, as we grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit through prayer and worship and through the Word, we're going to be more and more discerning when things come up. That will be that things will come into our ear and we'll know straight away. 80% of it probably sounded good or it, you read it and it looked good, but 20% of it was off and you'll pick up. That's why we need, you need the Word in you. You need to know what the Word says. You need that, the knowledge of what the Word says. That's going to guard you that's going to guard you in a measure against deception and falling into error. Another way that deception comes in is pride. There's a prophet by the name of Obadiah. It's in your Bible. It's only one page long, I think, one chapter. It's very small. 
He said in verse 3, the pride of your heart has deceived you. So pride, pride is so dangerous. Pride opens up the door to deception every time. And pride is, is really self-will over God's will. Pride says, I know it all. You don't need to tell me anything, I know it all. Pride is so dangerous and pride is always there. It's always knocking on the door. It's always saying you can be more righteous by doing something, something outside of the Word, something that God doesn't permit. You can, you can live away and you, you can have higher knowledge. You could be someone greater. That's what pride says. And that's what these seducing spirits, these deceiving spirits come and whisper in your ear that you can be that person. And like I said earlier, it appeals to pride. And it opens the door to deception. And you've got a number of ways to deal with pride. One of them is in Psalm 35, verse 13. David said, I humbled myself with fasting, or I humbled my soul with fasting. Fasting is one of those things that can humble you. It's a spiritual discipline. Sometimes it won't because the Pharisees, they fasted and they got really proud that they did fast. So we've got to be careful that we don't move in that fashion. But David said, I humbled my, myself with fasting. So fasting is something that will humble us. Confessing our sins to one another, that will humble us. Yielding ourselves and surrendering and serving another person in the body of Christ, that's going to humble us. We, we, I don't believe it's a scriptural prayer to say, God, humble me, because God always says, humble yourself. So we so need to humble ourselves because pride is so dangerous. I don't believe we, we need to have a revelation of how dangerous pride is and how damaging it is, particularly in this area of deception. Where there's pride, eventually, I think you'll see deception in someone's life. You'll see someone go down a road that they shouldn't go down. And the thing is, when you're deceived... You don't know you're deceived because you're deceived. So that's even more dangerous that you don't even know that you're in a place of deception. But like I said, knowing the Word, the Holy Spirit's in us. He will reveal the things to come. That's going to be a guard for us. Being people who are humble, who don't believe we know it all and that we've got it all, being humble people is going to also guard us against Pride. Another one is actually trusting your leaders, those in your home group, those in the church. It says in, in 1 Timothy 4.16, if I can find it, take heed to yourself, so Paul's speaking to Timothy, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So remember, Timothy's speaking, he's ministering, he's pastoring a church. And Paul's saying this to him, continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those that hear you. That word save, yes, it means salvation, yes, it means healing, yes, it means deliverance, but it also means protect. It also means protect. And so that also, when you actually trust your leaders is a guard against deception. 
not saying leaders know it all, but I'm saying sometimes leaders are further down the track than you are. So when you come to them and say, what about this or what do you think about that? You've actually sometimes got to trust what they're saying is right, despite what you may think. Not always, but I'm just saying, saying you've got to be open to that. You've got to be open to trust your leaders, particularly those who are further down the line. You might think, well, how do I, if I'm sitting here today, how do I know if I'm not in error already? How do I know I'm not sitting here and I'm deceived? If you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 13, you'll know by anything you are picking up is contrary to the Word of God. In Deuteronomy 13, it says, If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice. You shall serve Him and hold fast to Him, but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. So God's saying, if there's someone, he says here, a dreamer of dreams or a prophet, so, and they perform something, a sign or wonder, because the Bible says that Satan in the last days will do miracles and signs and lying wonders, He's saying, if, if there's someone that does this, and you see this, but then they're leading you to go after gods, other gods rather, that you are not to go with them. He's saying the prophet is not from God because he's, tis, he's teaching disobedience to the true living God. And you're not to follow this person or this teaching because it's a test to see if you love God, if there's complete loyalty there. And he's seeing God's testing to see if you will allow yourself to be deceived by this sign or not. So you have to know the truth, but you've also got to love the truth. This is what, this is what you just, just read it and read it. Even, even you can't cherry pick this book. Some of the books you may not want to read, but you can't just cherry pick them. You, You've got to read from Genesis to the book of Revelation because it's all for us. It's, it's all for us. It's all got something for us. So you need to read the whole word, the whole counsel. We need to know the whole counsel of God because otherwise, if we're hearing truth elsewhere, it may be mixed with error. And like I said, there's teachings that will sound good, 80% of them, but there'll be a be a little sprinkling of error in there and it's usually related to righteousness like I said how to be righteous how to be right before God I've got to do this and do that and not do that or it's how to be super righteous how to be really really holy above the next person now I believe God has a high standard a high moral value on righteousness but I don't believe we have to live any higher than God's standard permits we, we're to be obedient to what God says. We don't have to go over and above what God says. 
Paul gives an example in the scripture that I read out. At the beginning, he talked about a number of things. He talked about um, abstaining from certain foods, about observing days, and he talked about marriage. So he gave an example in, in 1 Timothy 4.3, which I read out. He said, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanks, giving by those who believe and know the truth. Now, he didn't talk about words there, I do apologize. But I'm going to talk about days in a minute. So he spoke about marriage and food. And Paul also speaks in Romans, he speaks about certain foods that are to be received or not received, depending on your conscience. He says in Romans 14, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives thanks. He gives... Um, he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat the Lord, he does not eat, and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. So, Paul's speaking about an attitude there between brothers. He's talking about Jewish people. There's one Jewish person would say, well, I'm n- well let me start with this one. One saying, I'm not under the law anymore. He's a Christian, he's received Christ, he's not under the law. And he's saying to the other Jew, you're not a real Jew because, you know, I'm free to eat whatever I want now. And the other Jews despising him, saying, no, you're not, not, you're not a real Jew because you're not eating what we're supposed to be eating. So the, the attitude between them is, is completely wrong, but... In 1 Corinthians 8 verse 8, it says, But food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. So there's someone who, in this instance it's food, is doing something and judging the other for it, for not doing it. That they can, they in some way can obtain a, a greater holiness by, you know, eating food or not eating food for them, for the sake be. Now, if you don't want to eat certain foods, there's doctrines out there that teach that you shouldn't eat certain foods. If you don't want to eat those certain foods, don't eat them, but don't make a religion out of it. Because Paul's saying it's, the, the attitude is wrong. He's saying the attitude is wrong. The real sin above is, is not if you do eat or you don't eat, but it's criticizing your brothers. Now, what I read out before in in 1 Timothy 4, God said, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So we're free to eat. Don't judge others if they don't want to eat food. And don't judge those who do want to eat the food. 
Both are equally wrong. And that goes for days. He speaks about days as well. He's talking about one person in verse 5, Romans 14. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. And he's talking about, I believe, the Sabbath and those who were recognizing it and those that, were don't, that weren't. And again, same principle. We, we're not to... Someone might want to keep the Sabbath on a Saturday. Don't judge them. If they, if they think in, on their, in their conscience that they're right before God to do that, then let them do that. But if you are someone who does keep a Sabbath on a particular day, don't judge the other person who's not keeping a certain day as a Sabbath. We've got Christmas around the corner. And some of you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it, then don't worry. Don't even go there. But some of you don't recognize Christmas days. That are, that's up to you. But do not, do not cause division in your family or between your brothers and sisters <laughs> over something so insignificant. You would rather cause a division because of one day that it's all about Jesus anyway. It's all about him anyway. Go to that function. Don't make a big deal out of it. If you don't want to celebrate Christmas Day like everyone else, what's more important? Your love for your brother or being right? I'm going to move on. So I'm just going to finish off by saying there's a few other things that we can be deceived or we can be ensnared or trapped into. Things like when people go extreme, extreme on talking in tongues. I'm all for talking in tongues. It's great. You should do it as much as possible. All for extreme on demons. Everything's demons. It's all about demons. I'm very concerned when people go extreme on certain things, on repentance. It's all you've got to repent. You've got to repent all the, all the time. Repent, repent, repent. Yes, you do. But don't do it as a means of self-righteousness and that you are super holy. These, these, little, these are just subtle forms of doctrines of demons that can get in your ear and they can put a little wedge that you are a little bit more superior because you repent more than others and you can become self-righteous and you're in error. You're in error. There's other ones like righteousness, like I said, being overly concerned with being right instead of just relying on God and trusting in Him, relying on His Spirit and the grace of God to lead you. Because those things, they're all good. Repentance, righteousness, speaking in tongues, casting out demons, they're all, they're all great and they're all for us today. But they're not the emphasis. Don't make these things the emphasis because like I said, you will be deceived. You start going down those tracks, you, you'll fall into error. And it's very hard to come back out sometimes. Now, we, with these things that come up, you need to, the Bible says that we are to test the spirits. In the book of 1 John, this book's 
is to reassure Christians in their faith and to counter false teachings. The Bible says in 1 John 4 verse 1 to 3, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. So when you, when you hear something, when you read something, when someone speaks to you, when you've got a, that voice in your ear saying something that you're to do or not to do, you need to test that. You need to test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So everything, like I just mentioned, needs to be tested. You need to test whatever it, whatever it is, whatever the content is you're receiving it, whoever it's from, you need to actually test the lifestyle of that person. You need to test the fruit of that person's ministry. You need to test against what they're saying against the Word of God. You need to work out, does it match? Does it match what the Word of God says? Because this is the ultimate authority. This is the ultimate authority over signs and wonders. You might see someone doing something miraculous, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're from God. This is your ultimate authority. So we need to test. You need to test. You need to weigh everything in these days because like I read at the beginning, Jesus said at the end days, many, many will be deceived. Many will be deceived. That's what it says in the book of Timothy. And I don't want you to be deceived. And I want you to know how to guard yourself against being deceived. And I want to pray something right now for us as I close. And this is something I pray regularly for my wife and I, that Lord, by your mercy, that each of us here today would be found faithful and kept from error all the days of our life. Lord, I pray that for every person here in the physical and those online, Father God, I ask that you would keep us Father God, I'm asking, Lord, where we have be even begun to go, Lord, a little bit off course, I'm asking, God, in your mercy, you would pull us back. God, you would send someone to us. Father God, you would illuminate your word to us. Father, I lift up every person, Lord, who has maybe even walked away right now. And Father, I'm asking, Lord, in your mercy, you would bring them back to yourself. Father God, you would pull them out, out of that pit of error, out of that pit of deception and destruction. Father, I'm asking, Lord, for each of us here, Lord, that you would continue to keep us. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit. And I'm asking, Lord, that we would grow in these end days more and more. Lord, we would have more and more discernment. And Holy Spirit, you would give us, as your word says, as you promised, you would lead us into all truth. I'm asking you would continue to lead us into all truth. Lord, you would make known truth. Lord, we would be able to discern. We would be a people who would discern between good and evil, that which is true, that which is false, that which is error. Lord, I'm asking God that you would guard our hearts. Lord, you, Lord, would completely shield us from all deception, from all wrong thinking, from all wrong theology. Father, I ask, Lord, if we need to be corrected, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, I'm asking, Lord, that you would make known to us those areas that we need to be corrected. Lord, where we have judged others, 
for not doing or doing certain things. Father, I'm asking for your mercy and your forgiveness for us. Lord, where we have looked down on others, where we have become self-righteous in our own standing, Lord, in our own righteousness. Father, I'm asking for your mercy and your forgiveness for each of us here today. Lord, those online, I'm asking God that you would guard us as we go today. Lord, you are, Lord Jesus Christ, you are the truth. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, and I'm asking... God, you would continue, Lord, to use us, Lord, in all your ways, according to your truth, according to your word. And I pray it all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.